you're not just there to deliver information. If you were just purely there to deliver information, you don't need to have a meeting. You kind of owning the room and owning what happens in that meeting starts from the moment that someone enters into your physical or virtual room. When you bring your audience together, you want to ask yourself, what do I want from this interaction and what is the minimum that they need to see for us to get there? Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jess. I'm the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am a career coach for women, and I do this work because I used to have a career in the nine-to-five world, in the corporate world, and I went on my own journey of finding confidence and finding my voice, and I started this podcast to really encourage and support other women who are super ambitious when it comes to their nine-to-five careers, but who are still in process of building that rock-solid inner confidence and finding that really powerful leadership voice and expressing that to the world around them so they can thrive in their careers. That is what I want to do. I really want to equip you with the tools you need to feel amazing on the inside, to sound amazing on the outside, and to have a really big impact because of that. And I want you to rise up and advance and become a leader. The idea of women Stepping up into leadership positions gets me so excited. I'm just, I'm feeling, feeling a little wave of getting hot come over me as I talk about it. Obviously, this is something I'm super passionate about. And today we're diving into something that was a huge differentiator for me in my career and that can really help you differentiate yourself and stand out in your work environment. And that is the skill of effective verbal communication. And I'm going to be walking you through in today's episode a few adjustments that I recommend that you make to your verbal communication so that you exude authority, credibility, and leadership when you speak. As I'm sure you know, when we kick off our meeting, when we're presenting to a room full of people, when we are speaking and we have our colleagues and maybe your bosses in the audience and maybe leaders and executives at your company are in your audience, when we are speaking to our audience in a corporate setting, our audience is in many ways sizing us up. Sometimes they're doing it consciously and they're kind of thinking, oh, I've never heard from her. I wonder what her skills are. I wonder what value she could add for the company, right? So you might have executives in your audience who are actually curious about you and the value that you might be able to bring to the company and to them. And sometimes our audience members are sizing us up more unconsciously. They're not necessarily actively thinking, you know, oh, is she good? Like, is she someone who's going to like, make a big impact and leave her imprint on this workplace. 
but they might be subtly just trying to get a sense of who you are and are you someone like to be listened to and taken seriously. And I want to equip you with the tools you need to be someone who is listened to, who is taken seriously, who is seen as a leader, who is perceived as someone who is going to move mountains and make a big impact and be someone to watch at your company. And one thing that I really want to say, and I'll probably do a whole separate episode just on this one point, is that for you to do this, you really don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be the smartest person in the room. You don't need to be the most expert in the room. You don't need to be the most charming person in the room. You don't need to have the most years of experience in the room. What I'm teaching you and what I'm talking about in today's episode are the foundations of executive communication. These are skills that you can learn and that you can practice. You don't need to be special. You don't need to have any special gifts or talents. You just need to put these foundations in place. And that is something that you can do regardless of how many years of experience you have, regardless of your perception of your own skill set. Anyone can learn how to communicate at a more effective executive level. Now, the reason that I know how to do this is because this was drilled into my brain and my psyche when I started my corporate career at McKinsey. My first job that I had was at a very big, well-known global management consulting firm called McKinsey & Company. And McKinsey & Company is known for being hired by Fortune 100, Fortune 500 type corporations to help their executive leadership make big, important decisions about the direction of the company. When I was working on projects at McKinsey, our stakeholders and the people that we were working on those projects for were executives who were very high up in very large organizations, which meant that us McKinsey consultants, as people kind of representing the McKinsey brand, our communication had to be very tight, very effective, very polished, very buttoned up. And so as soon as I got there, I learned how to do that. And I learned how to communicate at a very sophisticated level. Now, what happened, this might give you some relief, like if this topic feels a bit stressful or you're like, "Ah, I don't know how to do that. What happened when I left McKinsey and went into a corporate role at a company, so no longer working as a consultant, but now just doing strategy work inside a corporation, what happened was I noticed that most people around me hadn't been trained to communicate in the way that I had been trained to communicate at McKinsey. And what happened for me in the corporate space was I stood out very, very quickly because I had had such rigorous training in how to communicate with leaders and how to communicate in a way that's effective, compelling, and super polished and super buttoned up. And this was how I distinguished myself in my career. Now, I say this for a couple of reasons. One is I want you to be aware that this is a way that you can distinguish yourself super, super powerfully. This helped me build a reputation that got me promoted very quickly, very aggressively, and really helped me build a fantastic career in the corporate space. But I also want you to know that what you're working on and what I'm helping you with is you're kind of like going above and beyond the standard, right? You're trying to elevate your communication to a point where you're above average, you're standing out, you're setting a really high bar for the standard of what communication should look like and sound like. 
So I just want to level set that, that you're stretching into something and that you're, you're trying to become the best of the best. And that's probably going to put you at a communication level that is maybe above the expectation at your company, which I think is a great thing because then you really start to stand out. That's what happened with me. So what I'm going to be walking you through are three tweaks that I want you to make, and I'll explain a little bit of context behind each one and give some suggestions to help you understand it and apply it. So I'll give you an overview of the three tips, and then we'll talk about each one of them. And these are all things that I learned to do back in the day when I worked at McKinsey, and these are things that I brought with me into my prior corporate positions. Here's what they are. Number one, you want to control the room through the way that you communicate with your stakeholders. Number two, instead of speaking about your work, you want to speak about the business. And number three, you want to focus on quality over quantity. So let's start with number one, which is control the room. There are different ways that you can communicate when you're running a meeting or talking to your audience. And I think that what most people do when they're preparing for their meeting or thinking about what they're going to say is they focus a lot on what is the information that I have to share with everyone today? What do I have to cover in this meeting? What is on the agenda? What am I going to be talking about? And that's important, but that's not the full picture because you're not just there to deliver information. If you were just purely there to deliver information, you don't need to have a meeting. You don't need to take an hour or however long on everyone's calendar to deliver that information. We live in the digital age. We can deliver information so quickly and we don't necessarily need meetings to do that. Yet, I think so often we treat meetings that way. We think, okay, this is the information that I have to deliver. But the way that I think about it is, well, if I just have information that I need to deliver, to me, that doesn't warrant taking time from everyone. I could just share that information with them. But if I'm bringing everyone together and everyone's time costs money and I'm, quote unquote, spending the currency of money and time by bringing people together in this meeting, and this is especially important if you're bringing in your boss or leaders or executives where their time is very highly compensated, then I want to think about why am I bringing them here? What am I going to do in this meeting that I can't just do by sending them a PDF full of information? Like, how can I make it legit that I need to bring these people together? Not because I'm just sharing information, but because I am here to work with my audience to get some shit done, right? That's how I think about it. And when you have that perspective and you have that attitude, you exude so much leadership and so much authority. Now, this is what I mean when I say control the room. If you're in this frame of mind of, I'm not just here to give you information because I could just email you the information, but I'm here to get things done, then what that means for sure as the person running the meeting is I need to make sure that this meeting runs effectively. And I need to make sure that we all get what we came for, which means I need to be in charge. 
I need to make sure things go as planned so that I can deliver what I want to deliver in this interaction. And when you get into that headspace of like, I need to make sure this goes as planned, I'm going to deliver what I want to deliver in this interaction, one of the things that you need to make sure you're doing in order to succeed in that is you have to control the room. Because if you're not in control of what's happening in the room, then how are you going to get the most out of that time, right? How are you going to really push the needle forward in this hour-long interaction that you're bringing all of these stakeholders together for? So your goal is to control the room. Now, when you're controlling the room, there's a couple of pieces that I think about as part of that. One is you're actually controlling the room. You're directing the conversation. You're telling your audience what you need from them. But the second piece is you're also subtly conveying to your audience that you're in charge and that you will be setting the direction, that this is your meeting, that you're on top of it, and you're going to make sure that it's flowing forward in the way you intended it to. This means that from the moment people join your meeting, there is no ambiguity and there is 100% absolute clarity that you are in charge. The way that you do this is as soon as people join, you greet them, you welcome them into your space, you let them know when you're going to officially kick off the meeting. You can't just let people join and the meeting is silent, right? You can't just have people wondering, are we starting? Are we not starting? What's going on? Already, if that's happening, you've lost control of the room. So you kind of owning the room and owning what happens in that meeting starts from the moment that someone enters into your physical or virtual room, which means if I'm running a meeting and I'm in charge and I'm going to get a lot out of it, I'm going to think before I get on that meeting, I'm going to think to myself, okay, probably not everyone's going to join right on time. People are going to be late. I'm going to start at five after the hour, no matter what, as people join, I'm going to let them know that that's exactly when the meeting is going to start. And then right away, people hear you say that and they know like, hey, she's in charge. And also this bitch is serious. Like she's not messing around. She has things to get to. We know when we're starting. Okay, cool. Versus contrasting that with people are joining and you're not starting and nothing's happening and everyone has question marks in their mind, right? So we don't want our audience to have question marks. We want our audience in their mind to be thinking, oh, she's got this. All right, she's taking care of us. Cool, I better pay attention. She sounds serious. So that's the first way you control the room is that the moment that people join, you establish your authority by letting them know exactly what to expect over the next few minutes and exactly when you're going to get started. Now, you can still make small talk and interact with your audience. You don't have to be militaristic, but you can't just leave it open, open-ended, right? Like you have to establish what's going to happen and you have to establish that you're in charge. Now, the other way that you control the room, and this is really important, this is something that I teach inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, is you have to tell your audience what to do in your meeting. You have to tell them exactly what you need from them. When your audience joins a meeting, especially if they're leaders, if they're busy executives, they have no idea. They have no idea and no context for what is about to happen. They don't know if they're expected to interact in your meeting. They don't know if you need an opinion from them. They don't know if this is the kind of meeting where we're going to be interacting or workshopping or the kind of meeting where you're going to be walking them through information. When you bring your audience into a meeting, there's always a reason, right? Like I mentioned before, you could have just emailed them the PDF or the PowerPoint document. 
Why did you bring them here? Maybe you brought them because you want to have a discussion with them. Maybe you brought them because you need to get approval from them. Maybe you brought them because you want to create a deliverable with them live in the meeting. But I really want you to think about why did I bring them here and not just send this information to them? And what is it that I need from them? And what form of interaction do I want from them? And how can I make that super clear to them? This not only helps your meeting be way more effective, but it does what I was alluding to earlier, which is it communicates to your audience, I am in charge. I am running this. I am not just here to walk you through 17 PowerPoint slides. I am here to get something done, and this is how I'm going to get it done, and this is how you're going to help me. The energy that you exude and that's created in your meeting is completely different when you take this approach. So that is the first thing that I suggest, which is control the room. As you can tell, I get very excited about this. One of the reasons that I get excited about this is because these communication skills at their core, their deepest core, are leadership skills. What I'm helping you do is get out of an individual contributor mindset and into a leadership mindset and making sure that your actions and your communication style is congruent with that. Okay, so that was number one, control the room. Number two, Now, number two is more about the actual content you're sharing in the meeting, right? So number one, control the room, was more about process, power dynamics, your role in the room. So number two is much more about the actual information you share in the meeting. So number two is don't speak about your work, speak about the business. Here's how I think about this. Your work is a microcosm of something bigger a slice of the overall pie that represents the business operations and objectives of your company. One really easy way for us to think about this, a really simple analogy for this, the company is the forest and your work and what you're doing is a tree. And typically, when we're very focused on our own work, we proverbially lose the forest for the trees because that's what the, that what we're there to do, right? Like you're hired in your role not to run the whole company. Like you're hired in your role to focus on a specific tree. So then it makes sense that when you bring stakeholders together, you might say something like, I'm excited to walk you through my project. But that's the equivalent of saying to a group of stakeholders who are all in different parts of the forest, it's equivalent to saying like, hey, everyone, I'm excited to like show you this one tree out of a thousand trees in the northwest corner of the forest. I'll walk you there. They're going to be like, wait, what? Like, why that tree? Why over there? Because they're all in different areas of the forest. Like one of them's on the south side where there are no trees. One of them's in the river, right? One of them's like flying over the entire forest. And you're like talking about this one tree and your audience is like, wait, what? So when you're speaking about your work, you want to always lead by speaking at the level of the forest. And the forest is just speaking at the level of the business. So instead of opening your meeting by saying, 
Hey, everyone, I'm excited to update you and work with you on developing our timeline for this project. You want to open with something about the business, something about the forest. So maybe something like, as you know, as a company, we've been focused on revenue growth this quarter, and I've been contributing to that through this project. That's why I'm excited to walk you through it and to develop it with you today, because it is ultimately going to help us with that objective. Boom. What you've done now is you've opened with the forest. So now that you've shown everyone the forest, your audience is going to be more interested in your tree because you showed them how it was relevant, because you started with the level of the forest. So that is a really important pivot to make. And if you are too focused on the forest in your communication and you're never zooming out to talk about the business as a whole— that is where you might come off as being less of a leader. You might come off more junior because you're just very focused on your slice, your piece. And of course, you should be in a way because that's what you're hired to do. But when it's time to share it with leaders, with other teams, with executives, with other audiences across the company, you have to remember that your corner of the forest is unfamiliar to them. And in some ways, it's uninteresting to them. And I don't mean this in a harsh way, but I mean this in a way of like, they're interested in their part of the forest, right? So you need to get them interested in your part of the forest by zooming out and talking about the whole forest and then directing them to your tree. <laughs> I hope that forest and tree analogy makes sense. I really like it. I'd be curious to hear what you think. So the last adjustment you want to make to make a very strong impression when you are communicating verbally is you want to focus on quality over quantity. And I think that on some level, we all know this is true. This is not the first time you've heard quality over quantity. I think we've been hearing this our whole lives, right? But yet, so often, when you're deciding what you're going to share with your audience, you just think about, well, what is everything that I have to tell them? I have to tell them this, and I have to tell them this, and I have to tell them this, and I have to tell them this. That is not an effective way to structure what you are going to share, especially if you will be speaking to leaders and executives. Instead, what you want to do is you want to work backwards based on what you want to accomplish in the room with them, and then you want to share the minimum amount of information required to get them there. So let's go back to the very high-level example I shared before about showing them your project plan that's going to help grow revenue. Now, your project plan might have 10 different parts to it. There might be a timeline. There might be a budget. There might be a working team. There might be a few phases of work. Like you might have lots of things that are part of your project. But when you bring your audience together, you want to ask yourself, what do I want from this interaction? And what is the minimum that they need to see for us to get there? So let's say with this project, your goal is to get approval from the leaders of all of the different teams who will be involved in your project. Your goal is to get approval. So then you want to ask yourself, what do they need to know about this project in order for them to feel comfortable approving it? Well, first, they need to know the benefits. They need to know why it's important because I'm probably making an ask from them. So I'm going to lead with what's exciting and valuable about this project. Second, they probably need to understand the expectations, what will be required, what the execution will look like, what the risks are, so that they can get comfortable opting into it. 
Then I also want you to ask yourself, what do they not need to see, right? Oh, maybe they don't need to see like the granular details of like week two of phase one. Maybe that can go into the appendix. What else do they not need to see? Maybe they don't need to see the recap of the last time we did this project because it's not really helpful in moving us forward to make a decision, right? So you really want to pare down and think about, like I said before, you're bringing people together for a reason, for a purpose. And everything that you share with them, every slide, every piece of context, every piece of information should be serving that purpose. When in doubt, if it doesn't feel like it's helpful, if it doesn't feel like it's getting you to the outcome that you want to get to with your audience, put it in the appendix. You can have it in the back. Maybe someone says, hey, I want to see what's happening on week two of phase one. Wonderful. I have an appendix page on that. Let's go check it out together. But what most people do is they don't think about how can I work backwards from the results I want to get and keep this as simple, as streamlined as possible. They just think, here are all the things I have to share with everyone, and they share a hodgepodge of information. And I want you to think about these three suggestions that I'm making, and I want you to think about how they work together in combination. So let's run through an example. This is judgment-free. This is just so we can learn. Let's run through an example of when I don't do these three things, what that might be like for my audience versus when I do these three things. So let's start with the example of when I don't do these three things. I want you to imagine the audience comes into a meeting, and let's just say this is Bob's meeting. Bob is doing this terribly. Bob has not mastered these skills. So the audience comes into Bob's meeting, they enter into Bob's Zoom room, and Bob is silent. And people are joining, and everyone's looking around and wondering, when is this meeting going to start? At like four or five minutes after the hour, Bob starts speaking, and everyone's already feeling a little disoriented because the beginning of the meeting felt messy. And Bob immediately dives into something that no one has any idea what it is. And he's projected the slide, and he's talking about it, and he's getting into it, and half the room is confused. No one knows exactly why they're there for the meeting. And already he's lost a third to half of the room because they don't know why it's relevant. They don't know why they're in the room and they're having troubles placing it into context. And then Bob keeps going slide after slide after slide, another detailed slide after another detailed slide, and it just keeps going. And by the time he gets to the end of this long, dense presentation, he has lost almost everyone in the room for sure, no one is leaving that meeting being like, wow, Bob is a rising talent in this organization. <laughs> now, side note, like if you felt a little pain within your soul because so many dudes like get away with this in corporate, like they are mediocre and people do walk away being like, wow, Bob is amazing. I feel you. That can be super, super painful. It does happen. It can be wildly unfair out there. But just for purposes of learning and for purposes of you getting really good at this, let's just assume people left that meeting and they forgot about Bob and they're not going to be excited next time they get an invite for him for the next meeting of this project. Now, let's contrast this with, let's just say, Brenda. 
Brenda invites everyone into her meeting as people are joining the Zoom room. She says hello to each person and lets them know that she will be kicking off in just a couple of minutes because she has a lot to get through and she doesn't want to wait too long. She stays true to her word and two to three minutes into the hour, she lets everyone know that she's really excited to bring them together because she's been working on something that is going to help the company with its evolution into expanding into new product lines. Everyone feels excited because the company's expansion into these new product lines is a big initiative that people are really looking forward to executing. And Brenda shows her audience exactly how the specific project she's working on plugs into the bigger picture. She then lets her audience know that she wanted to bring them together to get their help on her planning out this work. And she's very clear with her audience that she is in process of building out this proposal and that she has some ideas for how she wants to execute it. But she is very interested in having a dialogue with the group and making sure that everyone feels like we are building this plan together. So she tells her audience very clearly that she's going to want their opinions and insights and reactions to what she will be walking them through. Brenda walks her audience through six or seven very crisp slides. She gets straight to the point. She doesn't include any fluff. And by the end of the meeting, she's covered everything that she wanted to. She got the input that she needed. Her audience felt like they were able to add value and move things forward. And everyone leaves the meeting feeling excited and engaged about the next steps. Okay. So the reason that I walk you through these examples is to show you how these three things work together, right? When you control the room, when you speak about the business versus just speaking about your work, and when you focus on quality over quantity, your audience has a different experience in the room with you. It's the difference between an experience that can feel a little wishy-washy, a little meandering, a little open-ended versus an experience that feels tight, it feels direct, it feels like it's going somewhere, it feels engaging, your audience feels like they're being valuable and they're helping, so it feels productive, it feels satisfying, there's a sense of closure. There's such a big difference. And this is what I want you to be aware of and what I want you to work on because this is what's going to help people see you as a leader. So, in summary, the three things you want to do are, one, you want to control the room. Two, rather than just speaking about your work, speak about the business as a whole. And three, focus on quality over quantity. I hope that you found this episode super helpful. If you loved it, if you're having light bulb moments, share it with someone on your team or someone who you think could benefit from learning this or from discovering the Art of Speaking Up podcast. And if you have a desire to learn these skills at a deeper level, I want to invite you to hang around for a segment that I'm doing at the end of this podcast episode. So it's probably going to start in like 30 seconds. It is a series called Inside the Academy, where I give you a sneak peek and I take you inside my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy to help you learn about this group coaching program and how it can help you develop these executive communication skills. If you're feeling like you might be ready to go deeper in your professional growth and that it's time for you to master these communication skills so that you can stand out and make a strong impression, hang around 
I'll catch you there. And let's cue the music for Inside the Academy. Enjoy. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is where you go to find a voice that's equal parts confident and authentic. It's a place where you get to indulge your belief that the big confidence and career that you desire is totally 100% possible for you. I went from doubting myself constantly and thinking I wasn't as smart as everyone else to thriving in my corporate career and building a reputation as an unstoppable thought leader. Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I'll teach you everything you need to know to do the same so you can take up lots of space and build a career so exciting you kind of want to brag about it. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to Inside the Academy. I love doing this series because I get to take you behind the scenes into a part of my world that you don't see much on the podcast. I have been leading cohorts of the Art of Speaking Up Academy for nearly two years now. I have had five cohorts of women go through this program and I've watched my clients inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy find their voice. I've watched them improve their communication skills. I've watched them get powerful, positive feedback from their boss. I've watched them learn to become more vocal in meetings where their boss is present. And I want to tell you a little bit about the Art of Speaking Up Academy because if you are someone who wants to be growing and advancing in your career and who really wants to make a big impact and carve a big, exciting career path, the mindset work and the tools that you learn inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy can really help you achieve those outcomes. So I'm going to give you some super high-level context about what the Art of Speaking Up Academy is And then I'm going to deep dive into one specific part of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, which is the part where I teach you the foundational skills of executive communication. So at a high level, the Art of Speaking Up Academy is a group program. It is six months long. It is an intimate group, so it is always capped at 10 women max. And it is designed for women who have a corporate or nine-to-five career who are ready to elevate their communication, and who also want to build confidence from the inside out. So the Art of Speaking Up Academy is not solely focused on communication skills, although that is a huge part of the program curriculum, but it is also equally focused on mindset work so that you can grow your confidence as you grow your communication skills. I want you to have both because when your confidence is strong, and your communication skills are sharp, you not only know how to speak in a way that's going to land very powerfully with your audience, but you have that inner fortitude to exude confidence when you speak, to give off an energy of authority, an energy of I know what I'm doing, an energy of I'm super confident in this material. That comes from you learning to feel confident inside, and mindset is how we do that inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. The Art of Speaking Up Academy is a curriculum-based program where we go through four phases of learning. Phase one is focused on self-confidence. Phase two is focused on executive presence. Phase three is focused on executive communication. And phase four is focused on assertiveness. Now, if you want to see the complete curriculum, 
you will find it at jessgazitcoaching.com slash academy. I will also link it below in the show notes. And this is where you'll see everything if you're feeling curious about all the different parts of the curriculum. But today, specifically, I want to talk about module three of the Art of Speaking Up Academy curriculum, which is executive communication. What I talked about in today's podcast episode is a perfect example of what executive communication is. Executive communication is the art of elevating the quality of how you communicate concepts and ideas so that they are crisp, they are sharp, and they are easy for your audience to understand. It is the art of changing the way that you speak to your audience so that you are clear and so that you come off as an authority. Now, I teach a couple different frameworks inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy to make executive communication super easy for you to learn and apply and get good at. And today, I want to tell you about a framework that you will learn in that program, which is called the Sell Then Tell Framework. This is a framework that will help you apply exactly what I taught you in today's episode. It will help you exude authority. It'll help you be effective and direct when you're speaking to your audience. It will help your audience feel more compelled to listen to you and more engaged in what you're sharing. And it'll help you exude leadership as you are walking your audience through the contents of your presentation or meeting. The sell-then-tell framework hinges on the idea that when we first address our audience, those very first words that come out of our mouth have a disproportionate impact on how our audience perceives us. So it is so important at the start of your meeting that you make a very strong impression. The sell-then-tell framework is how you do that. It's what I teach inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, and I want to give you a sneak preview, a sneak peek of what it is. So when you first address your audience, there are two things that you want to achieve. The first is you want your audience to have an experience in their minds of this is important. I better listen. That's the first thing you want your audience to experience. The second thing you want your audience to experience is this is important. I better listen to her. In other words, they're not just experiencing that your content is important and that your meeting is important. They're experiencing that you are the one in charge of it and that not only is your meeting agenda important, but that it is important to listen and be led by you. The sell then tell framework is how you accomplish this. When you make sure that the first few sentences that you are sharing with your audience are one, selling them on the value, the benefits, the upside of what you're going to be sharing with them in your meeting, and two, telling them exactly what you need from them and exactly how they should engage with you, what happens in their minds is one, they get interested in what you're about to share because you've sold it to them, you've showed them why it's important, why it's exciting, why it's valuable for the company, and second, you've told them how to engage with you. And in doing so, you have established that you are the one in charge. So remember, you want to sell them on why they should listen to you and tell them 
what you need from them. When you do both of those things, they become interested in your agenda and interested in listening to and being led by you. Inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you will learn the sell, then tell framework in depth. You will practice applying it so you are doing it correctly. And you will know how to kick off your next meeting in a way that gets your audience feeling excited, gets them feeling inspired, and has them seeing you as the bitch in charge. Because that is ultimately what we are trying to do. If you are interested in learning this material and interested in experiencing the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I want to invite you to add yourself to the waitlist. I'm going to be opening enrollment for the January 2024 cohort next month. And there is a very good chance that it will sell out just to the waitlist, which means that if you are not on the waitlist, it is possible that you will not have the opportunity to enroll in the next cohort of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. That is what happened last time I opened doors. So I want to make sure that you know about that because there were a lot of people last time that didn't have the opportunity to enroll in the upcoming cohort and had to wait a very long time to join the next cohort of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. So make sure that you are on the wait list. You will find the link in the show notes or head over to jessgazitcoaching.com slash academy. You are totally capable of developing a communication style that is powerful, impressive, and that propels your career forward. And I'm honored to get to help you do that. I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.